You're listening to TNM Coaching Unplugged. TNM Unplugged features the diverse perspectives of a thriving global community of coaches, leaders, and experts. And it's all for you. All right, everybody, welcome to TNM Unplugged. This is the space where you elevate and evolve your heart, your mind, and your soul to the next level of itself. And today, we're going to have a beautiful elevation with a very good friend and colleague, Simon Blackhall. We're going to be talking about spiritual intelligence, which is a topic very dear and near to my heart. This is a topic that has been talked about for some years right now, and many different teachers are tapping into that space of spiritual intelligence. We already moved to understand what spiritual intelligence is and how can we apply this into our everyday life, how can we apply this into our leadership, into our business, into everything that we, that we who we are and what we are. And yeah, Simon came to my life and to my attention, a beautiful encounter at the International Coaching Federation Conference. I usually say, you know, it gets one to no one. When I saw his presentation in ICF, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is the cutting edge. This is where we need to be. This is what we need to be talking about. Uh, his presentation was mesmerizing, uplifting, beautiful, and it really touched and affected a lot of people. It created this ripple effect in consciousness. And I always love when people talk about stuff and, and that creates this wonderful ripple effect in consciousness. So, I'm really, really grateful and pleased that I have Simon joining us today, and I'm sure that you're going to enjoy and and really benefit from this conversation in this dialogue. And also, what I would love to do a little bit before we dive into this conversation is talk to you about Simon a bit. So Simon comes from multiplicities of training. What I love about him is that he's also an actor. I think that creative people in personal development space of coaching, uh, leadership development, and personal development field always bring this special edge of creativity, of, of artistry inside of the development. And I always love to see creatives being able to uh, develop and grow people because they do, they do a lot of uh, personal development themselves to be able to be expressing their creativity. So Simon today has a thriving and striving coaching practice. Uh, I love his title, which is Consciousness Coach. Yeah, there's not so many consciousness coaches out there. Usually people position themselves as leadership development coaches, life coaches, executive coaches, but there's only a few people that are courageous enough and vulnerable enough to say loudly and clearly, I am a consciousness coach, which is beautiful. And Simon, I really salute you on that. He has been working with the multiplicities of clients across the world, from the political leaders to, to the entrepreneurs worldwide. He has multiple certifications. He also has degrees in German, Spanish literature, in university in Italy, BAs in music and drama, a lot of credentials behind him. But this is irrelevant. What is, rele what is relevant is that he is uh, an amazing coach, transformational agent, evolutionary agent who is really getting all of us to go outside of ourselves to the uncharted territory and explore the spiritual intelligence. So welcome, Simon. Thank you so much, Zoran. And wow, what, a, what an introduction. Let's see if we can live up to it. As you said, <laughs> it's not about the credentials. It's really about what experience we can offer people uh, here today in the podcast. And 
you know, then people decide if, uh, you know, if, if we lived up to it or not. Yeah. Lisa, everybody who comes to this recording always tells me, my God, you're so good in introducing people like you. Trumpets are really high, and then people come and I begin talking about it, and they're like, oh my God, can I really live up to that expectation? But of course you can. I think it's good to know, you know, how brilliant you are. I mean, it's, 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 it is what it is. So let's dive into this conversation. Um, spiritual intelligence, you know, yes. how did you get into that field? What really got you to begin figuring it out, discovering it? teaching it, you know, what was your life journey that got you to the point of really focusing on that part? Beautiful question. Um, yeah, I think, you know, right now, as I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking from, a, I'm, I'm in an ashram. Uh, that's where COVID kind of found me. And that's where I, where I am for the time being. Great. And it's interesting that one of the, uh, one of the ways in which an ashram is described, it's like a pressure cooker. So it's a place where, um, something begins to crystallize so that something can be um, can become really visible and then transformation can ensue from that and my sense is that um you know i was i was born in a pressure cooker uh, my i was born in a dysfunctional family so there was uh, alcohol and physical violence involved and you know it's um it kind of brings up a lot of a lot of questions it uh, including you know why am i here what am i doing what's what's this life really about is this is you know am i here to just uh, suffer and endure the suffering or is there something more and um i remember you know as a as a child there was there was always that uh, split between what the circumstances were presenting me with and then what at the time i used i just named the the echo of the soul and uh it was just that that a place of it was almost like this place of suffering where i would be cracked open and then something would 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 become um visible and emerge and I remember one day, um, you know, as I, I came home, I can't even remember exactly how this came into my life. I think it was a book. I just opened this book randomly and I was I was reading uh, something there. And, and this sentence jumped out, which was, you choose the parents you want to be born from. And um, yes. I didn't necessarily, you know, believe it or buy into it. But just, you know, in a spirit of open-mindedness, I, I asked myself, okay, so if this was true then what becomes visible and i love still to this day when i meet a perspective that totally flips the way i looked at things and and you know put, puts it kind of on its feet upside down and i am i'm like oh wow i never i never went to that place i never considered that perspective and so when that happened i was like okay well so if this was true then that that would mean two things one is that i I need to stop complaining, right? Because if I chose them, then uh, yes. And also that there, there there is a reason why I I chose them, even though I cannot see it now, even though it makes no sense, even though. Um, but what if the cause was in the future? You know, what if um, whatever um, hardship we or our our soul, our you know, our spirit chooses, uh, what if that is the gym that we need to grow the, the the spiritual muscles that we will need later on for whatever it is that we are um, that we're called to do or that we came to do 
Um, and I know that, you know, one of the one of the most important decisions I find we're called to make in life is is life happening for me or is life happening against me? I find that whatever choice we make, we will be right. Because uh, in a sense, we are the creators of that. We, it, it emanates from us. So if I choose that life is happening for me, then I will have plenty of proof that that is the case. If I choose that life is happening against me, I'll find plenty of proof that that is the case. Right. Which is a really interesting um, thing, like how life has a divine sense of humor that you're right all the time. You know, right. I found that as well right. in my life. I'm like, I'm right. This is difficult and hard. I'm suffering and more suffering is happening. I'm right. Right. Life is really working against me. And then also you can say, wow, you know, life is working for me and I'm right as well. Isn't that interesting? Right. Right. Absolutely. And I find that, you know, oftentimes... Um, the degree to which we can embrace paradox is the degree to which we can be closer to the truth. You know, sometimes uh, there's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that strangeness, is that bizarreness. But I find that when um, the choice of is life happening for me or against me, in a sense, um, you know, we, we all have in us uh, victim consciousness and creative consciousness. And the question for me is, where is our center of gravity right now? And um, having seen where we are right now in our center of gravity, then what is the choice that can support me to be more and more uh, the creator of my circumstances as opposed to um, the victim of the circumstances? So victim consciousness in a nutshell is the question, well, what can I do about it? Creative consciousness is the exact same words, just the energy is different as well. What can I do about it? Yeah. And in, create, in uh, victim consciousness, we feel like our circumstances dictate the vision of what is possible. Whereas in creative consciousness, it's the other way around. is the vision of what is possible then creates the circumstances. And it's not easy. You know, it requires sometimes... A lifetime of commitment. I'm thinking of you know people like Nelson Mandela, who had a thriving. Uh, he was a lawyer. He had a thriving practice, and he decided to give all of that up. Went to jail, 27 years. So it really, in his case, it really was uh, a lifetime of commitment. It's not about oh, okay, so uh, this is what I want to create, and bang, it's done. You know, um, unless you are that clear and aligned and and things just just flow you know because we we then tend to attract positive relevant circumstances that will will support our creative intent but um yeah i find that whatever choice we make if we choose that life is happening for us then it must always be true it cannot only be true when it's convenient yeah when circumstances look dire and dim and grim and the world is going crazy uh, like it is right now. Um, and this is not, for me, this is not about being naive. This is not about being Pollyanna. It's not about being, uh, you know, oh, you know, everything is good and right. We have responsibility. We need to show up. There is something that we need to do. Yeah. But what if um, even what is happening now in the world uh, with with COVID, with, you know, restrictions of freedom, you know, the health pass, the, you, you have choice whether you want to take the vaccine or not. But if you don't take it, you cannot travel. You know, what if what if all this pressure cooker that is now building up uh, worldwide? What if that was 
the perfect geometry in a sense for uh, the perfect evolutionary pressure mm -hmm. for us to step up and and be where we need to be next we don't step up unless um unless there is some form of discomfort or evolutionary pressure there um i find that you know on average we tend to awaken through suffering until we learn to awaken through choice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now if that is true two things become visible one is that i can avoid the suffering by choosing to make the effort the effort right. is inevitable right um and the other is that if I am going through some form of suffering right now, uh, what if that is the perfect gym for me to develop my spiritual muscles? It's exactly the same. Uh, the same applies to the spiritual body as it does to the physical body. When you want to grow right. your physical body, your muscles, yeah, you have to the practice. gym. Right. You choose a resistance. You lift it up and down. Your muscles start to burn. It's like, oh, this is on a, on a uh, on a physical level. What happens is that the muscles are getting destroyed when you lift the weight, and then as they rebuild, they rebuild stronger because the the system is getting the message: Hey, we need more power here. Yeah. Exactly the same for the spiritual body. Are we doing? Um, are we? Are we uh, welcoming even uh, embracing the? The challenge, the struggle, the, the 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 resistance that we can work against, so mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. can we can grow that muscle. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So, so many many questions I want to ask you, and and also uh, based on what you shared so far. But one important one that comes immediately for people who are a choice to choose life is working for me and I'm in a creative relationship with my life or life is working against me, I'm a victim of my circumstances, just life is just happening to me and there is nothing I can do because it's just there. How can we transform from one level of consciousness to the other? For people who are listening, and let me just elaborate a bit more. For people who are listening who are, let's say, in the lockdown or, you know, they lost their jobs or, you know, they have difficulties. We all are. You know, we all have at this moment in time. And they sink into that space of heaviness of being a victim or not being able to activate their creative power. What would you say are certain ways forward for people to move into that relationship with life that you're talking about? Beautiful. So, um, a number of ways. Um, one is one of the specific programs that I, uh, I put together in this time, recognizing that, um, you know, a lot of people might be in that space and mm -hmm. this might be, you know, the perfect opportunity to, um, move in that direction. You know, oftentimes we, we do more to avoid pain than we do to move towards pleasure. So if life is bringing the pain um, and we are confused, maybe that is the evolutionary pressure that we can harness right. to, uh, to transform that. And there are a number of awareness creations that can support that, sh that shift, um, starting from how we relate to anger, uh, how we can transform anger into passion. I'm aware that there is a lot of anger uh, going around at the moment. And... Um, Anger, when we recognize it for what it is, right, is just the life force energy. It's not good or bad. It's what we use it for that can make it so. 
Yeah. But in and of itself, it has the power to bring us. Um, so if you think of, or if you even visualize someone who's really angry, uh, do they look energized or do they look tired? And do they look like they are present there dealing with something or do they look like they're absent-minded and, and uh, lost? And do they look like they're bored or do they look like they're engaged? And so if if your answer was, well, you know, if I picture someone who's really angry, they look energized, they look present, they look, they look engaged, then maybe it's not such a bad energy uh, to, to, um, to be present to. And I find that by and large, one of the ways in which we deal with, um, with anger is either uh, we vomit it out and, you know, then quickly we discover that it doesn't work for others and therefore in the long run it doesn't work for us because yeah. we're all interconnected. Yeah. Or we go the other way, which is how we are most often conditioned. So I would say maybe 80, 90% of the population by and large tends to suppress it because that's, you know, don't be angry. That's how we are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. when our anger is disturbing to the environment. And so the cost of that, the cost of suppressing anger is that, you know, if you think of anger as an intelligent life response where something, anger tends to happen when we experience something as not working. Right. So there are, there are two components to that. One is the fact that we are experiencing it as not working and maybe someone else uh, or maybe even us at a different level of consciousness, we won't experience the same thing as it's not working or vice versa. Maybe, you know, there was a time when, you know, the environment was not an issue for us and now, you know, different level of consciousness is like, oh, wait a minute, this is not working. This is a problem. So anytime we experience something that's not working, uh, anger gets triggered. And on average, that tends to happen around 30 times per day. So that means that every half an hour, give or take, we have an opportunity <laughs> to engage with this, right? And um, it's an intelligent life response because what life is doing is saying, okay, something isn't working. Here is some extra energy that you can use to solve the problem. And then what we do is we not only do we not accept the gift, we now are using an equal and opposite amount of energy to suppress that. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. we wonder, uh, you know, why am I always tired? Why am I always fatigued? Why do I not yeah. get things done? Um, and there's also a consequence to suppressing that release of uh, life force energy, which we label as anger. And right. that is, um, you know, sadness all the way down to depression and resignation. Because yeah. yeah. when we feel that, you know, there's, a, there's, a, I've tried everything. There's nothing I can do that's going to make a difference. Yeah. Um, we, we, that's when we start abdicating. It, it became such a chronic, chronically um, ingrained response that we, we, we start to abdicate our life force. We start to become the walking dead, you know, the, yeah. the, Subdued on a certain level and dimmed down, you know, exactly. I relate to anger as, as you do. It's a life force energy and also the potential rising. So there is an energy inside of you that wants to be expressed, that wants to have space and uh, to communicate. And the more we get in relationship with that as a life force energy that really wants us to raise into the passion, then we use that life force in a creative and constructive way. But if you keep on oppressing right. it and falling back to our programming so to say that don't 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 suppress don't don't express be quiet be still you know then we kind of get into this subdued right. space so so right. what you're saying that one of the most important first steps into getting into this creative uh, relationship with our life when you creator instead of the victim is to really understand and your emotions basically how 
the frequency of anger expresses inside of you, right? I find that um, developing a healthy relationship with anger is, um, is, is foundational in a sense because we have such a, such a wide misunderstanding of what it is. Uh, again, the question for me becomes, as you, as you expressed beautifully, it's not about not having anger. Being Anger is a natural consequence of being alive. Yes. Um, and frustration is a degree of anger, right? The question becomes, so for me, the, the art of transforming anger into passion is step one, and not to perceive it as something bad any longer. It's, it's, it's just life force energy. Step two is when it happens is not to suppress it, not to vomit it out, but just to allow it, just to breathe it in. Allow it if anger has the power to take you into a place where you're energized, committed, engaged, uh, you know, meaning business, then great, allow it to take you into that space. And once you are into that space where you're almost like a ninja, now what do I want to do with that energy? What kind of creative purpose do I want to channel that energy into? Um, Sila Elworthy, she's uh, three times uh, nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, and she wrote a book called um, The Business Plan for Peace, where she costed how much would it cost us as a global family to have peace worldwide. And uh, her metaphor for that is like, you know, if you think of anger like a fuel, if you sprinkle it all over you, the first spark, it'll be an inferno. But if you yes. put it in an yes. engine, it can take you very far. My sense yeah. is that people like Nelson Mandela, uh, Gandhi, they were very angry people because there was so much in their environment that wasn't working. It's just that they were making the choice to channel that into a creative purpose. They were, they were not, um, their center of gravity was not in victim consciousness. Oh, well, what can I do about it? Their center of gravity was in creative consciousness. Okay, what can I do about it? But then vomiting it out was, clearly was not the way, uh, but I seriously doubt they would have been able to pull off the miracles that they pulled off had they been disconnected to their anger energy. Yeah. So the question for me ultimately becomes, are you having anger or is anger having you? Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Are you having anger or anger has you, you know, beautiful. And, and also, if anger can keep you in that center of gravity, I love that language, being a center of gravity of creative power, can anger fuel your creativity to the next level of itself? And how can you use that spark to fuel your next movement in your creative endeavor? Wonderful, wonderful. So that's one of the very constructive, creative steps into stepping more into this creator consciousness instead of being in a victim consciousness, right? Well, that is, I find that that is the step that um, it's, for me, it's a foundational step because it brings energy to the system. It energizes mm -hmm. the system. And when we are in victim consciousness, we are under-energized. We are defeated. We are in the, in the, the place where, you know, we, we cannot make a difference. We kind of, we forget who we are. That's also my sense. Uh, you know, if we are uh, sparks of the divine, then we have creative power. We have the power to shift, to, to, to morph, change, transform, shape, and shift reality. It requires um, a level of passion that is uh, on par with the level of the degree of difficulty that we are, of the task that we have chosen to devote our life force energy to. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, uh, you know, in the case of Nelson Mandela, that was uh, 
you know, he had to prove his level of passion by being locked up 27 years of his life when he was in the prime of his life. Um, so I'm not saying that, you know, uh, I'm not saying that everybody needs to be, you know, at that level. Um, but whatever it is that you are inspired to, um, to bring to life and that is that is another step that uh you know we um, I, I often work with uh with clients is um, is you know the connecting to the visionary uh, in us and i find that again uh, there are a number of reasons why we stopped connecting to that visionary i believe we are all visionaries i believe and by visionary i mean um you know if you imagine just in your day to day when you are uh, kind of, you know, walking about your day and then there are images that come and visit you about about anything, you know, maybe it's your it's your partner's birthday and then you ha you have images of what it what it could look like or um oftentimes there is one thing that will keep knocking at the door of your consciousness and saying uh like hey, you know, this is yeah. you know, do Hear this me. like uh, right, right. And it's a recurring it's a recurring image. Maybe it's like writing a book. Maybe for some people it's, uh, you know, go and teach something. For some people it's whatever it is that um, that keeps coming back. Probably a good idea to, uh, to, to, to give it audience, you know, give it space. Ask it, okay, what, uh, who are you? What are you? What do you need from me? That's it. And um, I find that reasons why we often don't go there, uh, as far as I can see, one is... Um, one is pain. So the, there was a time in our life when we were very clear what we wanted and then it didn't happen. And then uh, part of us decided, I don't want to experience that pain anymore. So I'll just drift along and, you know, life, bring what you want. And, you know, we may get lucky. We may hit Treasure Island. Yeah. Chances are quite slim, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the other reason that I see is fear, is that once I have fully acknowledged what I truly want, once I have acknowledged what is that vision, what is that one thing that if it was to come into existence would make me go down on my knees and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me to experience this. I cannot believe that I'm experiencing this, right? Um, by and large, you know that you've... It, here's the thing, a question you can ask yourself and a question I often ask my... my um, so everybody who's listening and a question I often ask my clients is, okay, if... X could be exactly like you'd want it to be. It would be like what? And X can be anything. It can be, you know, the rest of your life. It can be this new project you're starting. It can be the pajama party that you're organizing. Um, but the key word is if it could be exactly like you'd want it to be. And here's the thing that I notice is that when I ask the question, the answers that I get back do not feel like that would be that is exactly like I want it to be. It feels like a six plus. It feels yes. like well, it would be good enough if if it was this. You know, you've hit the jackpot when either as you speak there is a spontaneous smile that appears on your face as a kind of non-verbal confirmation that oh yeah, that would feel really good if that was to happen, or you experience a heightened level of energy uh, or excitement in the face of a future possibility. You know, you're just hooked into, we are constantly standing on the brink of infinite possible timelines. And by asking that question, if this could be exactly like I'd want it to be, it would be like what? We are hooking into one of those timelines. And if it's true, as I believe it's true, that reality is a delayed reaction to what's in our consciousness, 
then the question becomes, what is in my consciousness? What am I creating in my consciousness first so that reality can follow? It's a little bit like being an architect. You know, you don't just go and build a house. You, you, you do a drawing first. And even, even the drawing, in a sense, is, is a, you know, first the architect goes and, and, and sees, and then what he sees, he puts on paper. So yeah, that's yeah. also... Visioning. He's visioning what he's right. you know, putting on the paper before. Yeah, go ahead. Right, right. And I find that, you know, for me, if we begin to awaken collectively to what is it that I am carrying, what piece of the puzzle am I carrying? And you know that that is the piece of the puzzle that you're carrying and that you, you contribute because when you connect to that possibility, there is, and, and you project yourself in a future where that has already happened, like Muhammad Ali used to do with his, you know, he called it future history, which again is a paradox. He used to visualize himself as, it, as if it was already done. When you take yourself to that place where it's done, the, the level of joy and, and fulfillment that you experience, that is probably an indicator that that is the piece of the puzzle that you, that you hold. And without your piece of the puzzle, the puzzle won't be complete. But imagine, uh, imagine um, you know, the possibility of you know, us awakening, first of all, to what is that, what is that, um, what is that vision? What is it? Suffering is inevitable, right? Uh, question is, is my suffering, is this worthy of my suffering? Is this worthy of my effort? Is what I'm doing, because that's where fulfillment ultimate, ultimately will come from. Uh, you need to put the effort in anyway. Yeah. It's just, am I putting in the effort in, in something that is worthy of my effort that makes me um keep uh am i being pulled forward by a compelling future i guess it's another way of of, of asking yeah. that yeah and then once that is clear still you know we need the system we need we need to be energized we need to have that level of energy to um you know, meet meet the challenges, yeah. um, cut through the challenges, rise to the challenges, whatever. And we cannot do that if we are in a place of victim consciousness. Of course. Um, so that is uh, that is one uh, one answer to the question. The other is is more connected to um, specifically to the twenty one skills of spiritual intelligence, and it's yeah. the um one of the skills skill five is awareness of ego self and higher self and oftentimes um and that is you know uh, also one of the things that my uh my family of choice the parents that i chose to be born to uh also uh you know being in that pressure cooker what that <laughs> also kind of did is that it started to um support my recognizing and paying attention to this more subtle voice uh which i then later on discovered is the higher self and and uh and normally tends to have a different perspective on things and normally the, the voice of ego tends to be the loudest the one that we hear first then uh if we are patient enough then when the dust settles then there, there is also more gentle whisper that is not so forceful and that oftentimes has a different perspective on things and oftentimes uh, contains a level of wisdom that we instinctively recognize, yes, that is, the, that is the way, that is the way forward. If I did that, and it may not be simple, it may not be easy, it, there may be suffering. But again, look, and, uh, you know, another, another analogy there is 
if you if you really want to pick a rose, there are thorns. Yeah. Right? And we yeah. can make the choice. Okay, well, no, well, the thorns are scary. Maybe I just, I just, I, I didn't really want the rose. I wanted the daisy. And then we <laughs> picked the daisy. But there's part of us that knows that actually, no, that's not what I wanted. I settled. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, um, or whatever. And thorns can be, can be anything, you know, in life. It can be, you know, our ego tends to, tends to really not like the thorns. But the higher self will say, Okay, there are thorns, and this is what I want, and I might end up with a scar, but it'll be a scar that will forever remember, will forever remind me that I reached out and, and, and grabbed the rose, and that is what I is what I really wanted. Maybe I wanted to give it to someone. I don't know, but yeah, you know, maybe it was a contribution. Maybe. So yeah, um, ego self and higher self. Uh, once we start recognizing what is the specific signature of uh, of that voice as opposed to the other what happens what are the what are the physical even um signals that can let me know that i'm in ego or in higher self and then it might sound like nothing right but uh there was a study that was made on emotional intelligence that showed that with the awareness we have a 50 50 chance of making a different choice of course it's not guaranteed result, but it's a fair fight, right? Without the awareness, those chances drop to 4%. So if you're thinking, yeah, well, having the awareness, what does that do? Well, what it does is that it raises your, your chances of making a different choice by 46%. So that's, you know, that's not nothing. Um, and the degree to which we're able to recognize the voice of higher self and also... Um, obey the voice of higher self and it's so interesting you know in its root uh, meaning the word obey obedience means to li to listen deeply um the degree to which we we put ourselves in service of that uh, the degree to which we um say yes to being a vehicle a, a, a conduit, a channel for whatever it is that wants to come through us, and that oftentimes a higher self will will be able to um, uh, indicate to 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 point out. As hard as it might feel to begin with, um, that is how we we crystallize in ourselves. That is how we start to fulfill. We start on the journey of fulfilling our our purpose, what we came here for. Yeah, and oftentimes, I, I in my experience, one of the reasons why we feel like we're in victim consciousness or not energized, or is that we lost sight of, of why we're here. Yeah, we forgot. We forgot, right. or li our life distracted us, or we were not brought up in a space that cultivates that level of awareness that you're talking about, or our voices. Quiet, you know, very often I, I talk to my voice of my intuition and higher self louder, louder. I keep on saying, come on, you know, my voice of my ego is so loud. I can hear it clearly every day. You need to amplify, you know, because I love humor as well in relationship to higher self. And then the higher self comes and says, no, but my vo voice is subtle and nice. And you need to still yourself. You need to be quiet. You need to listen because it's gentle and powerful. And I was like, no, 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 louder. So I think that it's a combination. We forget, Absolutely. we don't listen to, you know, we're conditioned to live in a reality that doesn't really cultivate the space when we have enough space and time to listen to ourselves. 
But I think that relationship with the higher self is very important. And I also want to highlight that us being a visionary and connecting to that level of visionary inside of ourselves. And these micro-visions that you're talking about, those are the keys, because right. every day you have these drops of these micro-visions in your consciousness. You actually know right. where you need to be. If you create a space to listen to yourself, you create a space like, okay, now I got it. I need to act on it. What usually happens is our mind takes over and we go into the automatic pilot and we just keep right. on hammering through the day and then we forget about it and, and we don't have that deeper connection. So wonderful. So in addition to what you mentioned so far, I, do, I know that we don't have time to look into the, all of the you know, steps of, of the um, spiritual intelligence. What is one more you know, competence or step that you would love to mention that kind of leads naturally into this conversation of stepping away from the victim and being more in the space of creator. Beautiful. Well, um, I find that oftentimes ego uh, would want us to be reactive to circumstances and a uh, higher self would support us to be creative. So, and it strikes me that reactive and creative is exactly the same letters. They're just arranged in a different way. You know, uh, reactive, you take the C, you put it at the front, you get creative. So really, it's, it's, how, it's literally how you see things. Um, and one way of, um, a simple way of going about that is to, is to create a gap. You know, when, um, when, a circum when circumstances arise and we notice that we are uh, in ego, that we're having an, an ego contraction or... Um, yeah, that we're responding from automatic pilot. The degree, so I, I think a first very simple uh, exercise in awareness would be to, um, the minute we recognize that, is to pause, create a gap. Um, when there is no gap, there is an input, and then we respond from automatic pilot. Oftentimes that is a reactive response, and oftentimes that then creates... Um, you know, like like my mom used to say about my dad, you know, we always need to go to places twice. The second time is to apologize. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it creates it creates some unwanted consequences that then when we've cooled down, we can see and we go, wow, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And then we feel bad about it. There is a way to take responsibility for that energy that we're putting out there. And that is, you know, create a gap. Even if it's as something as simple as saying, um, okay, I, I, I need to sit with this and I'll get back to you uh, on this. Or, uh, you know, um, the, more, the more skilled we become at creating the gap and having that spaciousness where there is an input and then we can really be with what is, is, um, is being evoked in us, recognize, okay, I'm being reactive here. You know, you were mentioning sometimes the voice of the ego is louder and the voice of higher self is, is um, uh, gentler and I would want it to be, to be louder. Well, you know, sometimes even just hearing the voice of the ego and knowing what not to do is just as powerful, is just as useful. Uh, you know, just again, an anecdote to illustrate the point. I was I was once with my partner. We were we were in Italy, uh, walking on a on a Riviera, and it was dinner time. You know, sunset, beautiful dinner time. Uh, what do you think about this restaurant? I said, and she was like, uh, "No, the atmosphere doesn't feel right." Uh, okay, fine. And then we moved on to the next place, and I said, "Oh, what about this one? There's nothing on the menu that I that I really like." Okay, uh, and what about that one? <laughs> 
and all the people are not are not uh, really my kind of people and you know i didn't say anything but she 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 was picking up that i was i was getting a little frustrated because yeah, you know, yeah, it was on, also dinner choose. time I was hungry right right <laughs> i'm hungry <laughs> right and then she and she picked up on that and she said you know my love i'm sorry i don't know what i what i want but i know what i don't want and i said okay fine i accepted that it was like okay that's a valid point we kept walking and the next place we found was this amazing restaurant, kind of almost like into the sea. Food was amazing. The landscape was amazing. And we never would have found it had we not honored the no, had we not honored that which we knew we should not have done. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, sometimes we think, well, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Um, it's fine as long as you know what not to do. And you honor that and you keep going, you will find the amazing restaurant. You know, just if you keep moving, then um, things will happen. So there, um, creating the gap means recognizing when something comes our way and, and triggers our reactive patterns and uh, giving ourselves the gift to not respond from automatic pilot, but to sit with it. And uh, maybe even wait for the voice of higher self to come through, allow things to cool down, and then really respond. Um, final story, again, to, to that I find shows this point beautifully. There was once a um, teacher and a student in a classroom, and the student at some point uh, started yelling at the teacher and uh, throwing verbal abuse, and then he stormed out, slammed the door, and then there was a moment of silence in the, in the class. and then. Someone after a while said, but, um, you know, teacher, are, are, aren't you going to respond to that? And the teacher said, yes, I will respond. I will respond when I'm ready. And I think there's there right, there beautiful wisdom in that. Beautiful wisdom that I will respond when I'm ready. So <clears throat> as we are coming closer to the end of this recording, so let's sum it up for our audience. A few things I would love us to kind of communicate. One is there is always good to leave our listeners with something specific they can do, you know, um, as a result of this conversation. So, so what would you say, yeah, what would you empower us to, to think about, practice, exercise, try out, to be able to become more spiritually intelligent and also to be able to move away from that space of victimhood into the space of being creator of our own reality? It's such a huge question, Zoran, and of course... I know, uh, I know, but one thing. <laughs> one <laughs> I thing. know this is big questions, but right. we can nail so, it down. <laughs> so if you, think, think about, uh, if you can think about the acronym SOUL, then the, the, the first S, the S stands for stop. You know, um, something is triggering you, stop. Don't respond. Um, O would be, it stands for observe. Observe what's going on in you. What is happening? What is, uh, why is this triggering? What is it moving in you? Uh, the U stands for understand. Understand where the other is coming from. Oftentimes, um, if not always, it is not personal about you. It is not about you. It's about, it's about them. It's about what they're seeing and how they're responding to things. The degree to which I can step in your shoes and see what you are seeing, um, even just that can really diffuse the, the drama. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a beautiful saying I came across once, which was, if you could read the secret book of life of your worst enemy, 
you would weep with compassion. Of course. So that's the U, uh, understand. And then the L stands for love. What would love do? What would love do? And that is a way to, a simple way to disarm the reactive pattern, the egoic pattern, and then uh, step into a place of awareness and then respond from a place of uh, um, yeah, creative consciousness, of contribution. And what would love do? Sometimes love needs to speak what is what is difficult and tough. You know, a good friend is someone who doesn't allow you to be mediocre. So it's not about love as in, you know, let's be all rosy and cuddly. No, no. Fluffy, blubbly. Yeah, no, no. What would love do? Yeah, yeah. With full integrity. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I hope that helps. So soul, uh, have a soulful response. Yeah, absolutely. It helps. And this is one of my favorite, favorite questions. When I begin coaching, you know, a long time ago, that was my prime question. What would love do in this situation? And I always need to clarify and define. It's not the fluffy, pinky, bubbly, lovely, 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 lovely. But love has a powerful integrity behind this, but also needs compassion. You know, yeah. And I think that acronym of soul that you have given to our audience, it's amazing to practice. So I would love to leave everybody with that. What would love do next in the space of you becoming more creative or more creator of your own reality and leaving behind the victimhood uh, that we all sometimes struggle with? So keep on thinking about that. We will drill more into the spiritual intelligence competencies. I'm sure we're going to have Simon back on this in this conversation because we just open up. You know, we open up the wealth of information and knowledge, and sometimes with these big concepts, it's not an easy to anchor them into reality. And so we need more space and more time. So I'm entirely grateful to you, Simon, for coming up to the program today. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. For sharing your uh, wisdom, uh, for enlightening people around the world who are listening to this. And I cannot wait for you to come back to this program once again. So thank you so much for being here with us today. It'll be an honor. Thank you, Zoran. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.